0: exclusive podcast from impact 89 fm wdbm east lansing
1: welcome to impact exposure exposure is 88.9 the impact one hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the msu community and now tonight's exposure
2: this is the Impact Exposure. I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, today's uh, guest we have from the uh, Westside Alliance, uh, Jessica Yorko. Uh, she's here to talk about uh, the Westside Summerfest. I want to thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me on.
2: And uh, first question, go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, the Summerfests coming up.
1: All right. Well, this is our first year of doing this event, and we're pretty excited. We've packed a lot into one day. Um, the centerpiece of the event is going to be a really, really big tent with lots of cool things under it, like a farmer's market. We'll have some artisan-type vendors with jewelry and crafts and things they made, and lots of food vendors, mostly West Side businesses, that are restaurants that are going to be selling their food at the festival, like uh, Las Palmas Restaurant, which is a really good, fresh Mexican restaurant on the West Side, and uh, Curtis Barbecue and some of the others that are down there. Um yeah, so in addition to that, there's music, lots of things for kids, um, there's going to be a poetry jam, and uh, it goes from 12 to 9, so we've got nine hours, we've got a lot packed in.
2: Excellent, all day an all-day festival. Yep. Uh, so there's there's a pretty diverse selection of uh, activities. Uh, what sort of audience are you looking to attract for this?
1: Well, we, we wanted to definitely draw in families, because we've got some things that we're really... Um, targeting families for sort of an outreach component with the healthy food promotion. So we set up a lot of things for kids um, in the hopes that people would, would come with their families. And we also have the City of Lansing and the Greater Lansing Housing Coalition are going to be doing some home repair workshops. hmm So people who own homes or even people who rent homes, older homes, that want some basic home maintenance and repair um, information like weatherization, lead safety, things like that. Um, You know, we wanted to draw in that audience, but uh, we also wanted to just... People who want to come on and have a good time. <laughs> so there's there's the you know, music and food is kind of get pretty me to come much anywhere. what yeah. you need to have a party. So um, there's a really diverse lineup of musical acts that goes all throughout the day.
2: So what sort of music could people expect uh, at the um,
1: fest? Well, I have to give a lot of credit to my friend Dwayne. Dwayne Maven is a guy who has a little recording studio on Saginaw, um, not far from the Ellis Teco on Saginaw. Okay. okay, so this is the the area where the festival is going to be, is near Ellis Teco. And Dwayne called me up and he said, I want to help you with this festival. And we started getting together. And Dwayne knows a lot of musicians, it turns out. And um, so he has packed, like, about 20 musical acts into the day wow. and they're all performing for free and it's just tr- it's so much more than i ever expected when we started planning this so we've got r&b we've got rap we've got blues we've got um some rock bands, just kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah,
2: oh, something for everybody, huh? Yeah. Very nice. Well, now, are they all from the Lansing area?
1: Most of them are. Um, there are some guys who actually called Dwayne. They saw this festival. They're in Detroit. Oh, uh, wow. They record on a small label. They're called Front Street Records, and they're like, hey, anyway, we can get on the lineup for this festival. They're heading up to do some shows in Traverse City. Oh, perfect. So they're going to stop and do a couple sessions. And, oh, that's yeah. great. Well, now, for the most part, they're from the area.
2: Is this how a lot of the contributors get involved in it, just sort of word of mouth? Or, or how do you get folks involved in this?
1: Well, we had um, some community meetings. This has really been extremely grassroots um, effort for this festival. And uh, we started actually back in October – Um, The West Side Alliance program, the goal is commercial revitalization of Saginaw Street roughly between um, Stanley and Grand. Not too many people know where Stanley is, but it's where Oakland and Saginaw split, and um, it's when you're getting close to the GM plants that are now being torn down. Mm -hmm. Um, That area of Saginaw Street has a lot of economic potential, and uh, my – program, the West Side Alliance program, the goal is to revitalize that area and create a strong business district. So um, the focus originally was on streetscape enhancements. How could we redesign the road and the traffic flow and could we plant more trees and things like that? Um, Those are a little bit longer term because the road is going to be Parts of it will be rebuilt starting in 2009 because of sewer work. Hmm. But I didn't want to wait till 2009 no. to do some things. <laughs> so we started getting people in the neighborhood together and just saying, well, what else can we do? Because I don't have a backhoe. And if I did, it would be very dangerous because <laughs> <laughs> I would be rearranging everything. Um, and m dot this is a state trunk line really i would get in a lot of trouble so <laughs> more than i already have so um we brainstormed and we've done some commercial property fix up projects we've had some some of the businesses down there have put whole new fronts on their buildings from windows to awnings to siding so we've fixed up a lot of properties. We've put out flower planners. We've been doing street cleanups. Um, the festival is just a way to get people out into the area and look at the potential mm. that's out there. We've got some beautiful buildings. And it's also to to break down the... You know, some of the barriers that are, I think, sometimes keep people of different races or income levels or um, backgrounds from, you know, getting together and hanging out.
2: Well, it sounds well. it's just kind of a, a big block party, basically.
1: It's a really big block party. It's, <laughs> and it's a bit, it's this, this parking lot we're having the event, it's like 400 feet long and 200 feet wide so it literally is the 900 block yeah yeah it's a big block
2: excellent now now block parties are always good for for bringing communities together uh what is it about the west side that you feel needs a a program like this
1: well we're a little bit chopped up i think because of some of the large one-way streets that that have kind of broken up our neighborhood it wasn't I don't think people um, at MDOT, you know, sat down and said, how do we divide up this neighborhood? They said, how do we get cars in and out of here efficiently and safely? And we ended up with a few one-way, four-lane, three-lane, four-lane roads that kind of carved up the neighborhood. Hmm. And then you have sort of these pockets of neighborhood, and it's like, well, I don't know those people north of Saginaw. Um, Those must be the bad people up there. (laughs) You know, these different boundaries, I think part of it's geographic and related to that physical layout, but I think that part of it's just we don't have enough opportunities to get together as as a a neighborhood.
2: Sure, sure. So So this will definitely give you a good opportunity to do that. Yeah,
1: and we want people who who are interested in this area or just interested in what's going on in this festival who don't necessarily live in that, in this neighborhood Mm -hmm. to come to this event and check out, you know, what's on the West side.
2: Certainly. Well, now uh, you mentioned earlier that the, the, the West side Alliance looks to help economically in the area. What other sort of goals and missions does the, does the Alliance have?
1: Um, well, like I mentioned, uh, Commercial property rehabilitation is mm-hmm. a big one. Um, we've got some buildings that still need a little TLC. And um, business, I mean, business development is the ultimate goal, to help the businesses that are there do better mm-hmm. and to attract new businesses to the area.
2: Excellent. And, uh, and hopefully this uh, Summerfest will give yeah. people a closer eye on that, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so now, does the, does the Alliance sponsor other events like this one?
1: Um, nothing this big. Um, the Westside Alliance is a program of the Northwest Initiative, mm-hmm. and the Northwest Initiative also does the food systems program with the gardens at the elementary schools, and um, they've done some smaller farmers markets. And it's thanks to the food systems program that people may not believe this, but it is true. The Quality Dairy at Pine and Saginaw is now selling not only a wide selection of fruits and vegetables, but now also local organic oh, produce at Quality Dairy, and at really very good prices. So, um, in an area that's previously been kind of a food desert, we have people can w- really walk and buy groceries. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, why do you feel like something like that is important to, to the area?
1: Well, that goes back to some of the larger goals of the Northwest Initiative, which is creating healthy communities in Northwest Lansing. Mm-hmm. And we see a healthy community as one where people can walk and bike to get things that they need, where they have access to healthy foods without having to go across town and, um, where you can, yeah, you can have a healthy life with physical activity and good nutrition and access to health care and, you know, all the different things that you need, um, within your, your own community.
2: So along a similar vein, uh, you mentioned that there's going to be a, a small market at the Summerfest. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, the farmer's market will have a pretty good, um, variety of farmers there will have apple shram organic orchard which um a lot of people know they're 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 around at a lot of markets um the giving tree farm the hickory corners garden and nursery and they have a place at the lansing city market and mm-hmm. they not only sell produce but also flowers and hanging baskets and honey and um sausage and some other kind of michigan specialties wow. And um, there'll also be a group from the Friends of the City Market there to just kind of promote the city market.
2: Excellent. Now, I'm looking over the, the brochure here. Um, the Poetry Jam is a yeah. sort of interesting part of it. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. The Poetry Jam is um, – I have to give credit to these people who've come to me throughout this press and said, well, why don't I do this part of the event? And Rena Risper from the New Citizen Press came to me and said – I am going to be doing a series of poetry performances with our new poet collective throughout the city over the summer, and we would love to have this be one of our feature events. So she has organized... Um, some poets, Tia, Kunyayi, Tupaco, and some other from the New Poet Collective. And then she also brought in another group, which is Everett High School Urban Arts Society, and they're going to have a lineup of poets, and that'll be from three to four.
2: Excellent, excellent. Uh, I got fresh foods and uh, uh, from the market, and uh, food vendors, and, and poetry jams. It's a really diverse selection of, uh, of offerings at the, at the summer fest, I have to say. Um... Now it, it's it's at uh, it's off Saginaw between MLK and uh, Pine Street.
1: Yeah, and more specifically, that's kind of a wide area. Mm-hmm. More specifically, um, if you know where Dallas Techco on Saginaw is, you're just gonna go a little bit east of there. And okay. Saginaw goes one way, heading east, um, but it's it's right near Butler Street. Um, the nine hundred block. There's two stores, actually three stores there: um, Park Furniture, Tullans Delicatessen, and LA Insurance. And the event is in the parking lot behind. And uh to keep to keep the heat from not being too intense, because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of pavement, but it is kind of useful for an event like this. But. Uh, we have several tents set up, and we'll have a misting station to keep people cool. Oh, perfect. And, uh, yeah, so it should be pretty good.
2: Very nice. Um, now, why why did the uh, West Side Alliance decide on that specific location?
1: Well, um, we looked at other spots, and this was the biggest open area along the business district. Um, the parking lot's a city parking lot. It's actually in pretty good shape, um, and it's right there, kind of in the heart of this this business district. So
2: oh, good. So good for visibility, certainly.
1: Yep. Excellent.
2: Uh, looking over the the brochure a little bit more, there's a. Uh, it seems like there's mostly a a lot of events for for kids. That um, you mentioned that the. Uh, the new poet collective uh, teaching kids about poetry a poetry workshop. Yeah, uh, could you maybe we'll tell us a bit about. Uh, excuse me, a bit more about uh, kids sure. activities. Sure.
1: Yeah, we lined up a lot of things from kids from twelve to three, and I think there are other events where there's stuff for parents and there's stuff for kids. But I have found as a parent, I have a four year old, that sometimes when I go to a music festival, it's not always. There's not really always a lot of stuff for Mm -hmm. kids. And so I wanted to to make sure we had a lot of things for kids so that kids can go and run around and get worn out and then the parents can sit down and listen to the music and the kids will chill out.
2: <laughs> That's yeah, I'm sure a lot of parents can uh, can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah,
1: cuz kids they need to run around for a while.
2: Absolutely. They
1: can <laughs> so, um the poetry workshop again Rena Risper is is coordinating that and she is going to have the kids she has these huge rolls of paper and the kids will lay down on the paper. And they will trace an image of themselves, and then she's going to teach them how to construct a poem. And they're going to write the poem on the the paper of themselves. And um, if they want to do a little, if anybody wants to get up and read their poem on the stage, we'll have time for them to do that. Or they can take their, you know, (laughs) self-poetry and take it home. Um, We also have a little bike rodeo for kids that's just pretty simple, teaching them some basic uh, bike safety rules Hmm. and a little kind of obstacle course for them and some some things for them to take home related to bike safety. And some of the other kids' stuff. Oh, we haven't talked about this. Um, PHP and McLaren will be there. They will be doing lead screenings oh. for children, which is a pretty simple pin prick blood test. It's not going to hurt them too bad. And I'm sure they're going to have some kind of goodies there that they're going to yeah, give the kids. Candy or something, yeah. Um, but um, – it's if if there's anybody out there who lives in an older home i think they say built before 1950 hmm. um they it's recommended if you haven't ever had your kid tested for lead um to have them tested because it can be surprising even if they're not eating lead paint chips if you have dust in your windowsill and they're breathing it they can Certainly. get lead poisoning so we we hope to have no positive <laughs> Results, but um, normally it would cost people fifty dollars to have that done at the health department, and they're going to be able to do it for free at the event.
2: Excellent, yeah, it's a great opportunity for I mean some of the more low low income families, I would yeah. I would think. Yep. Um, well, now what do you see in the future for the West Side and and for the Alliance?
1: Oh boy, I have big dreams, have big <laughs> visions. Um, well, I see a lot of painting. <laughs> there's still a lot of buildings that. Um, that we need to get out there and just, you know, the, the area has suffered some blight and, mm. you know, especially I think in the eighties and nineties, just, you know, like all urban areas, a little bit of a decline and we're, we're coming out of that. So I see a lot more building improvements. Um, you know, I see a lot of negotiations with our friends, um, at Dot. um, we we did actually thanks to MSU, there was a group from MSU who came into the neighborhood in two thousand four and did this community visioning session for mm. what kinds of changes to the street people thought would help create a healthier community. And the image that we're working with that was, you know, the most positive streetscape change is to transform one of those traffic lanes into a lane that has a green buffer and a bike lane and more of a winding sidewalk with trees and benches, kind of like a linear park
0: Hmm. that would
1: run along the street and allow people to bike in that area. And it would slow, fewer lanes would slow the traffic down a bit. Um, And trees, right now it's a little bit barren. There's in some sections four and five lanes of traffic. And uh, without trees, people can, uh, the speed limit's posted 35, but people tend to go a little faster. (laughs) So I see a lot of changes, um, and I'm excited to be part of it.
2: So along a similar vein, in in a perfect world, how would you see the area looking to you?
1: Oh, gosh. I would see awnings on the buildings and new paint and, in some cases, new windows on buildings. I would see this bike lane, (laughs) lots of trees, lots more flowers, people out walking. I would see the businesses um, on Saginaw opening up their entrances that face the street. When the street was converted to a one-way street, um, most people closed their front entrances because then there was no on-street parking. Hmm. So all the parking's in the back, and so most of the businesses only have a back entrance, which isn't super inviting for pedestrians and whatnot. Right, right. So well,
2: I have to assume these aren't just cosmetic changes. That there's something um, sort of subconscious about you know that that. The would make people more interested in, in visiting these businesses uh what 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 sort of changes um would result from from this sort of idealistic well view definitely of,
1: of more businesses opening um I don't know that uh there'll ever be a full scale grocery store on Saginaw, but it would be great to have more um, produce type markets and more just more different kinds of food markets maybe um you know, different ethnic foods and things. Um there is now a Beaners that has just opened. Oh. Um uh it's two thousand two West Saginaw. It's closer to Stanley, down by the Verlinden and near Irish pub. And, uh, so we're, that's great to have a coffee shop now. We, I think, I think a couple of coffee shops is certainly a good thing. (laughs) Um, so different kinds of stores and, um, there previously was a laundry place. And I think that's something that is nice to be able to walk to, to do your laundry.
2: Certainly. These are great uh, facets for a community, I would think. Yeah. Well now, um this is the Impact Exposure. We're sitting here talking with uh, Jessica Yorko from the uh Westside Lions about the upcoming Summerfest, uh which is uh Saturday, July fourteenth, uh noon till nine, uh a uh, wide array of, of uh of events going on within the Summerfest, from uh kids activities, uh farmers market, poetry jam. Um, I want to thank you for, for, for coming by. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, if you're interested in checking out more about that, uh, information is available at www.nwlansing.org. And again, the event is Saturday, July 14th, noon till 9, uh, off Saginaw between MLK and Pine Street, the uh, 900 block. Right. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, again, thanks for, for stopping by. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Julie from the East Lansing Public Library. You're listening to exposure on eighty eight point nine The Impact.
0: For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot
1: of gamers look at
0: you as a game member too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the
2: obstacles, inside every high school student, As a graduate,
1: people look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't.
2: Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org, brought to you by the U.S. Army and the
0: Ad Council.
1: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week.
0: Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and
1: grassroots music.
3: Only on
1: Impact Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now,
0: back to Exposure
2: i want to thank you for joining us uh, we just spoke with jessica yorko from the west side alliance Summerfest coming up uh, in the middle of this month right now we're going to switch gears and speak with uh, julie pierce who's here from the uh, east lansing public library i want to thank you for being here
3: well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could think of the local public library.
2: Oh, certainly. It's a great uh, great a- uh, asset for our community, I think.
3: You bet it is. It's um, the treasure of the community.
2: <laughs> well, now could, uh, the treasure of our community <laughs> is having a, uh, a Harry Potter. Uh, it's basically Harry Potter week going on right now, right? Right,
3: right. Um, as everybody probably knows already out there that the seventh and last Harry Potter book is coming out, I think it's July 21st. So um, they'll there's a lot of Harry Potter parties and extravaganzas going on and, and we're having one at the library. So.
2: Excellent. Well now uh, the first of the uh, that I can see, we're, there's a, the movie marathon going on right now. Right.
3: Right. right. All four of the movies. Excellent. Yeah, we'll and be the... showing all four of the movies so good chance to see those.
2: Certainly. Well that started uh, the 9th uh, yesterday. Uh, right. Today again the second one. I'm sure we've got uh, two more to go, right? Right. right.
3: Excellent.
2: Well now uh, uh, culminating uh, tomorrow there's a Harry Potter party I have down.
3: Right. It? And this is kind of a neat event because um, we have a really nice group of teens who are part of our what we call a teen advisory board Mm -hmm. and they help plan different events and things like that they're just a great group of kids and they love doing this kind of activity so they are planning and putting together this whole program
2: well sure who doesn't like to throw a party
3: right right (laughs) so they're just having a ball because they're thinking of crafts that the kids can do and they're coming up with different uh refreshments that you know kind of will go along with the book so they're Mm going to call the the little uh, refreshment area the honey dukes sweet shop you know which it was called in the book and and so they're really being imaginative and and, um, thinking up all these things and planning it and and having a ball. So it'll be kind of nice for them to do that. And then, of course, it's always nice for people to come and and, um, see what what they're putting on. Certainly.
2: Now, are these students uh, from the East Lansing High School?
3: Yes. Right. They're students from East Lansing High School.
2: Uh, Is it a class that they're involved in? What's their... No...
3: We have what's called a teen advisory board, mm-hmm. and um, they're just any kids who are interested. They can help plan programs for the library. Um, sometimes in the past, they've gotten books from publishers and been able to review books. Oh, excellent. You wow. know, kind of ahead of the publication date, they can read books and then tell um, the publishers what they think about them. That's been one thing that they've done past few years. And, um, you know, they still get together and, and talk about different books and, and plan events and maybe have, you know, a, a DDR program or you know, plan a, a anime fest or something like that. So
2: Excellent. Now the uh, the Harry Potter week that's going on right now, uh, as a librarian, how, how have you seen the Harry Potter series like increased reading for, for students or for, for children? I well,
3: you know, it's funny because it's increased um, reading for all ages. I oh. mean, there's been younger kids who maybe can't read at that level. But they'll struggle with it, and they'll they'll manage to get through it. Or their parents will read it to them, or an older sibling will read it to them. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to a friend today, whose adult daughter, you know, she's like 25. She was never a reader, but I just for some reason Harry Potter hit her, and now she's really into Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And we've got um, we've got Harry Potter in large print for you know older people who oh. who need the larger print. So Harry Potter is really spread across Absolutely. a wide variety of ages.
2: Have you seen more attention in the library since since this? this uh, that- uh, yeah, story.
3: I yeah, I think there's been more attention. I mean, a lot of people still go out and buy the book. Sure. Um, but you know, people can always come to the library and check out the book too. So we have quite a few copies on order and quite a few holds on them already. We probably have holds on the the last book for 6 or 9 months people oh, wow. wanted to make sure that they were you know, had their name on the list. Those sure. are those people who don't go out and buy it, but
2: yeah, yeah. wow, yeah. that's I'm sure, yeah, because everyone's dying to know what happens at the end. I'm sure, right, right. Um, well, now I noticed that there's another event coming up uh, on July 18th. There's a comic making workshop.
3: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, right. um, about that because that's that's also a really neat thing for for kids. Sometimes there's kids who maybe are reluctant readers They're not mm-hmm. all that crazy about reading, but there might be something else out there that's sort of literacy related that they can work on. And comics is one thing because graphic novels are really Big now, you know, with Mm -hmm. that age group. And um, so if they're artistically, you know, talented, they might be able to put that talent to work along with maybe some uh, storyline. And Mm -hmm. so that's what this workshop is going to work on. Uh, for that age group, so that should be f- that should be fun.
2: Certainly, I remember uh, being in you know middle school age, and that's that's what definitely kept me involved in reading.
3: Yeah, for a lot of boys, you know, you have to try to appeal to them with mm. something other than just regular old fiction. You know, so many of us um, in libraries are women, and we tend to like fiction more, so we tend to recommend that. And then you mm-hmm. have to stop and go, oh, boys, you know, they like nonfiction. They want to read about sports and gross things and and spiders and sharks yep. and. You know, pirates and um, and maybe do some other things. So we've really tried to emphasize not just reading, but other literacy-related activities mm-hmm. like making comics or you know writing or um, drawing that sort of thing. Certainly, William. Yeah, I I know I still like all those gross things myself. Yeah. Twenty six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, now uh, in addition
2: to to programs like this, what other ways are uh, does the library or or schools in general try and reach out to um, to, to young to younger folks trying to get them involved in reading?
3: Uh, well, there's been a big push lately for early literacy. So mm. by early literacy, I mean birth to to age two. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we used to think that there was really not that much out there for that. There never used to be that much out there for that for that age group, because libraries have always done story times, but they're for two or three or four year olds. And now we're really trying to get parents, uh, you know, when kids are born and get them to start reading and not just reading, but the whole literacy idea of talking to your baby Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, all of those different things that when they get ready to go to school, they're going to have a jump because you can't expect your child to start kindergarten if you've never talked to your child and read to your child and sang to your child and maybe did nursery rhymes and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's one area that uh, we feel is really important if we can get them, you know, from the get go. And then keep them. And then, of course, other areas are teens. You know, we tend to lose teens when they get to be that age. We tend to lose boys. And right now there's a tween age group, which Mm -hmm. my husband looked at me and he said, what is a tween? (laughs) And I said, well, it's, you know, the age kind of between 9 and 12. Sure. So that age group, too, we tend to lose kids a little bit more. So we're trying to do, you know, different programs or just have different, you know, areas that, that they're interested in, not just books you know magazines they might be into DVDs they might be into graphic novels or mm-hmm. you know anything we can do to keep them at least reading or doing something literacy related now what role do you feel that uh the events
2: like like the workshop like the, the movie marathons what what role do you see that that has for the community at large
3: well it gets people into uh their public library you know and mm-hmm. it makes them aware of what's going on out there in your public library and what we offer and, uh, you know, the movies, of course, are related to the books. And so that's really nice to be able Most people, I think, know that Harry Potter started out with a book. <laughs> I but you'd so. be surprised at the number of people who come in to a library and ask for the book version of a, of a movie. And, oh, yeah. you know, because they they just they never they don't realize that something maybe started out with a book. They've just heard of it as a, a movie and mm-hmm. they have no idea. So, we're, you know, we're a real visual society and sometimes that's gotten a little away from reading. So, you know, whatever we can do to, to kind of bring that back, but but also offer people what they want. Certainly. You know, we want to be able to have new, fresh things. People tend to think, oh, libraries, you know, old books. No, we have right. new stuff. We get new stuff in all the time, and, um, you know, we want to be able to show communities that, um, you know, we have a lot of different formats out there mm-hmm. for people to enjoy, so...
2: See, I, I live actually pretty close to the, to the library myself, and I've mm-hmm. I've lived near li- libraries before. I haven't seen a library with this sort of uh,
3: packed calendar of
2: events. It seems like there's always I, something going I, on.
3: I think we're just gluttons for punishment. Because <laughs> we, we have we're a very creative group, and so which you wouldn't normally think, you know, think of librarians sitting there stamping books, stamping books. Right. We don't do that anymore, you know. Yeah. And uh, we're very creative, and we have all these great ideas, and then all of a sudden we realize <laughs> our calendar is packed, and we have to actually do all of these things. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, and and fortunately, we have a group called the Friends of the Public Library, and um, they're wonderful because they um, can help support us in a lot of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's wonderful. We get a lot of people who who don't know where maybe where to donate used books and that sort of thing. And if they donate used books, generally. Um, the proceeds go to help a public library, so Very nice. um, so that's why we're able to do some of the things that we're able to do. So,
2: well, now one event that I always see on the, on the reader board whenever I drive mm-hmm. by is the uh, the Mario Kart competition. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a little bit about right, that. Right,
3: right. Well, I think that's another way to to reach out, you know, to what kids like to do now. Mm-hmm. And to get them to come into a library and realize that they can come in and maybe get together with some friends and play some video games and maybe, you know, have a snack or something like that. So, and maybe while they're there, they might see a book that they want or a DVD or a magazine or something. So... You know, it's just a, a way to reach out and, and offer people what they what mm-hmm. they want
2: these days. Sort of a fun way to get them in, into the right. library in the first place. Yeah. Well, now have you gotten any criticism from anybody saying this is not what the library is about? Or you know, like that? I, I think
3: there are some people. It it. Yeah, it's ongoing that people go. Well, what does that have to do with reading? Mm-hmm. You know, et cetera. But you really have to look at what kids want to do today, and then what they're getting out of it. Because there's been some studies done about video games and um, the skills that kids can learn from that, and that there actually is socialization when mm-hmm. they're playing video games. And we've seen that before ourselves, where they're they're asking one another, "Well, what did you do when you got to this point?" And the other one's leaning over, "Go, I here. Let me help you with that." and then also just the critical thinking skills mm-hmm. and i think i think we we read somewhere that um, some somebody who used to play video games ended up becoming a surgeon you know he, <laughs> and he said that was because i played video games you know oh, and i sure. was in my my motor skills were so well developed so i don't know if that's you know, if everybody's <laughs> going to turn into a surgeon or not but but those are some things you Certainly. know and yeah maybe maybe you can't take a video game and say well you know this correlates directly to this book right. but um i think you can offer enough other support to get kids into a library and to get them into a group of kids with their with similar interests so mm-hmm.
2: Well, so yeah, I mean, playing games now is certainly different than playing pong, you know, so many years ago. Right. I mean, there's definitely a uh, right. bigger, a higher cognitive level yeah, that's just involved. Just like sure. with
3: technology, everything's yeah. really changed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, now is that one of the more popular events that goes on? I, I think it's once a month. Is that right?
3: Oh, we just kind of schedule it whenever we oh, okay. can, whenever okay. we have the, the, our room available and the staff available. So. Um, one of the more popular events i don 't know it 's hard to say um usually anything with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you, you put Harry Potter in front of anything and that will draw a crowd um and uh, I mean, we offer all kinds of different things, but usually, if there's a current um topic you know that 's maybe gotten a lot of public attention and we can draw on that to try to get people in mm-hmm. um that usually helps and and all and programs that can be for children basically Certainly. yeah we we'll, we'll usually get parents to come in. Because they want to help their children um, with their literacy skills, mm. so.
2: Well, now uh, we've talked a lot about uh, workshops and, and programs for kids. Uh, what does the library do to try and draw in maybe more older crowd, uh, adults, seniors, even college age well, students?
3: Well, we we've seen um, that a lot of seniors struggle with computer skills. Mm. And, you know, of course, that's that's kind of an area that they didn't grow up with. Right. I mean, we look at younger kids who come in that are two and three and just hop on a computer and grandma or grandpa's standing behind them and they don't have a clue as to how to move the mouse. Right. So... Um, that 's an area that we really try to help seniors with because they really need that and and I can see you know myself in a certain number of years being in the same position where i 'm struggling to keep up with what 's new out there mm-hmm. and um, so that 's one area that we really we try to offer classes for that age group and and make them very uh, friendly you know very low key we 're not going to embarrass you that oh you right. don 't know how to use a mouse, that sort of thing because they need to know there 's some place where they can just start mm-hmm. you know. That they're not going to have some some smart aleck fourteen yeah, yeah, yeah. year old <laughs> trying to make them feel bad, you know, yeah. that they don't know something about the computer. Because let's face it, you know, I consider myself pretty computer savvy, and and every day there's something oh, that there's that, always that, that knows that the computer else. does that I have right. no idea why it did that. Right. So um, so that's one area that we try to help help Excellent. out with.
2: Well, now as far as age groups go, uh, what? What age group would you say is the most critical to either get started in or keep reading?
3: Well, I think we probably tend to lose the the tween and the teen hmm. um, groups because at that point they're trying to separate from their parents. They don't necessarily want to go with their parents. Um, you know, they can't always drive because uh, definitely when they drive, then we we start to to miss them. Mm-hmm. And and then when they are in college, we tend to see them come back because. They have to study then sure. and they realize that it's really important at that point. So the teens and, and the tweens and, and so we want to be able to do something to make them um library lovers because you know, we're supported by tax dollars. So right. we want them to be able to support us in the in the future if they realize, you know, yeah. that we played that maybe we have a warm and fuzzy feeling sure. you know, in their heart. They might remember something that they came to and say, you know, later on, ten years later when they have kids of their own that That's an area that they want to support. Sure. Well, Memories
2: of Harry Potter and Mario Kart uh, definitely help cement that. We're hoping
3: that'll that'll help, yeah. Yeah. Some sweets from Honeydukes or (laughs) something like that.
2: Now, I remember when I was uh, around that age, that's when uh, the Internet really first started, you know, catching on, like in schools and things like that. Um, How have you seen the Internet, like Internet research, things like that, have you seen that affect library attendance?
3: Um, we probably – I'm trying to think if we get fewer questions, but we probably don't because so many of the questions have to do with how do I use this technology oh. or how do I get the information that I want? Because it's not as easy as just looking up the Dewey Decimal number and pointing down the aisle towards a book. Right. Um, you know, we're professionals, and we, <laughs> and we know that if they're looking for something, we can help them find is it going to be in, on a, in a database? Is it going to be something you can Google? Is it going to be something that maybe we've got uh, a magazine subscription to or maybe we can get to online or through a government website? So that that area out there, the technology sometimes people don't know how to use. Or yeah. if they know how to use the technology, the, the, the hardware and the software, they don't always know how to find what they're looking for. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean – we can Google stuff and find stuff, and people will say, "Well, I looked for three hours and I couldn't find anything." So, you know, um, and that's something that this age group, I think, will will continue to grow up with. Mm-hmm. You know, things that we didn't start, you know, my age group didn't start out with, but um, kids today will will grow up with. But they still need they still need to know, you know, well, can I use this site in a report? My sure. teacher says I can't use anything from the internet. Well, that doesn't mean that you can't use an online magazine subscription okay but but kids don't know that parents don't know that teachers don't know that parents a lot of times are still looking for the book and the kid is on the computer and we have to try to bring them together and say okay let us you know we can help you find what you need to find Mm -hmm. to make your teacher happy
2: certainly well now does the library host workshops or things like that on on research
3: um, we do. We have schools t- uh, sometimes that come in, mm-hmm. you know, and want to. Sometimes we'll go to the uh, middle schools or something like that. Um, a lot of times, though, teachers may just um, assign something and they aren't always aware of what, what the library or mm-hmm. what a public library has to offer. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that can be done to educate them in terms of how we can help.
2: Right, because well, I mean, I think so, about you know when it comes for me to do research, you know, for a class here, right? Just hopping on Google or or, or Wikipedia yeah. is, is so easy, but
3: right. There's... And I and I was on Wikipedia just last week researching an author, and the, the, the Wikipedia told me the author grew up in Canada, and I knew that was not true.
2: Mm, right. So
3: then that made me stop and go, hmm. Wikipedia may, you know, I mean, I yeah. know they've tested it and said that it's you know, ninety nine point cent. Percent the same as Britannica, for example, but it's people have to know that they can't always trust that Certainly. kind of information. So. Good start,
2: I would think. But I've, I mean, I've right when you get into it, I found that the you know the library is as old as it is always has pretty yeah. reliable. I mean, information. I could
3: get on Wikipedia and change whatever I want to. Right, exactly. You know, so um,
2: I could say that endangered species isn't endangered any longer. I mean, yeah, really I gotta, could. I you know. I won't do that. No, but right. <laughs> no, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. But
3: Wikipedia'd be gone pretty quick if we all did that. So. But, uh, but yeah, we have a lot of different information, resources that um, people don't realize that we have, mm-hmm. you know, that we can show them how to use. or And a lot of times people can do it from home. I mean, we get these parents that come in and, oh, my kid's got a report and it's due tomorrow and it's 830, mm-hmm. you know. And I say, you know, you could you could be doing this at home. Yeah. If I show you how to do it, yeah, yeah. and uh, the parents are are usually thrilled to hear that kind of that kind of information. So
2: it's, I'm sure it's reassuring to see the that, mm-hmm. that combination between the technology and the library. Yeah, so just make yeah. it easier for everybody. I would think.
3: Well, and one of our pet peeves is the parents who come in and do their kids' homework for oh, them. Yeah, yeah, we really don't like. I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do because it's not technically our business. But mm-hmm. we usually try to. If the child is there, we usually try to direct our our attention to the child and say, "Okay, Johnny, what do you need?" And not ask mom because right, right. you know mom or dad should really be. Stepping back. Right. You know, when the when the uh when the child's in well, I'd say third, fourth, fifth grade, they can they can be coming in and starting to, you know, with mom's help, maybe a little bit, sure. but starting <laughs> to do some of that. Because we've had parents in college, kids of kids in college, that are calling us for their child's, yeah. or their adults, adult children's homework, and that's just not something. There's no way to learn that way, <laughs> no, certainly. No. Um,
2: well, now one one question I had for you, and and I don't mean to to ambush you with a controversial question, but uh, certainly no. one of the things that's been a uh, little more. Uh, topical for the libraries lately, I'm sure, has been the uh, that the USA Patriot Act allows mm-hmm. um, uh, the FBI to uh, look at someone's library records mm-hmm. without a warrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as a librarian, what could you tell me about how the library community feels about that?
3: Well, you know, we're really concerned about um, keeping... Um Records secret in terms of what people are reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain privacy laws, et cetera, that we that we have to abide by. Um, obviously, of course, if the Patriot Act were to be invoked in our library, we would have to abide by Certainly. the law for that. You know, so um, and I. It's just that that a lot of times people don't realize that when they come into a library, for example, that we can't maybe tell them what book um, someone else has checked out because mm-hmm. it's considered private. And I, and I don't think the Patriot Act really has been um, really used, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think when it comes right down to libraries, it, it really hasn't been a major issue. It hasn't, it's not like once a week, you know, a, a library is confronted with Patriot Act. It's right. been pretty, very, very rare. Okay. So while we have to be aware of it um, and abide by the law... Um, it hasn't been something that we've had to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, more frequently, the types of issues that we deal with maybe are, um, you know, if somebody were to challenge uh, a, an item that we had in the collection, that's not even that common. That mm-hmm. happens more, for example, in schools um, sometimes we have more issues with uh, just behavior of people. We, you know, we're dealing with the public, so sure. we have more issues maybe just with um, public behavior in the library and making sure that we're trying to keep everybody happy and, and yet, you know, provide a, a, a quiet, safe environment for for everyone. So, um, you know, there's, yeah. there's always issues out there, but Certainly. that hasn't been a major one for our library. Okay. So.
2: Yeah. Um, now, similarly, you mentioned uh, coming in, you uh, people being unable to see what other people have checked out. Do you, have a, do you ever have issues of, of parents wanting to know what their children are looking yeah, at? Yeah, and that, like that, that
3: is kind of a um, a funny um, issue that a lot of parents don't understand. But if if your child has a library card, um, then we can't necessarily tell you what they have checked out on that library card, you mm-hmm. know? Right. And And that's... And I'm a parent myself, so it, it does seem a little strange because, let's say I have a child who's 13 and, and still a minor, you know, that t- means to me that I should be able to know everything they're doing. Right. But but in some cases, that's not necessarily true. So, um, you know, that can be well, – we haven't really had too many – too many issues of that. I think you know most parents, as long as they really need to keep track of what their kids are reading and what their kids are doing, because it's not ever the library's responsibility. Right. You know, if your child comes in and they're using the internet, we do our best. You know, we make sure that they're using a filtered internet, which is of the law. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing on that filtered internet, then that's up to the parent to Certainly. be monitoring that. Just as it is up to the parent to be monitoring what books they're checking out. Right, right. You know, they might have their own card, but I would want to know. You know, I have three kids myself, and I wanted to know. What they were reading, right? So, well,
2: hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, hopefully, we'll have a little, little better parent-child uh, interaction at the at uh, the the events this well, week.
3: They're all, you know they're all family events, so Certainly. it's really kind of nice that all ages can come. We've had. Um, adults come to the Harry Potter movies just because it's a good chance for them to, to see them. And, yeah. and like I said, Harry Potter's been going across all the age groups. So Oh, I'm definitely. Now I've got
2: friends my age and older who, you oh, yeah. know, who are just as into it as any child I've seen. I,
3: I got almost all the way through the fourth book, and that's as far as I made it. So oh, wow.
2: <laughs> Better hurry. It's coming out. I, better, I
3: got a big stack of books, so I don't think I'm going to make Harry Potter, but anyway. <laughs> well, if anyone
2: listening wants to check out uh, the third film, it'll be, it'll be playing uh, tomorrow, is that correct, at the, uh, at the right. library? Right. Uh, 1 p.m. And then, of course, uh, the new movie coming out uh, very shortly. I understand. I'm not sure the exact. That's date, coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow, so, that's right. So
3: I'm not sure if there's you know midnight showings tonight or. I, I, I believe there um, are.
2: Yeah, but you can get uh, both in the same day thanks to the uh, public mm-hmm. library. Uh, also, the uh, Harry Potter party on uh, July 11th from 7 until 8:30, as well as the uh, comic making workshop uh, on July 18th from 2 until 3:30 p.m. Uh, we're speaking here with uh, Julie Pierce from the East Lansing Public Library. I wanted to thank you for stopping by. Uh, well,
3: thanks for thinking of certainly. us.
2: Certainly, and uh, you know. All always think about the, the public library it's a pretty important part of our community that's right so you. Uh, you are listening to the impact exposure we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, very shortly
3: you're
0: listening to exposure on 88.9 the impact When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Mornings 89 Second Play.
1: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.